<laughs> Should I put these away? No. <clears throat> the music's really loud. Is that going to matter? Um, Will you hear no. it? No, you won't really. I think it adds to the ambience. Um, we are recording. Oh, okay. Today's podcast is not sponsored by Cadbury with milk chocolate coated almonds, but it could be. It could be if they want to sponsor. So if you guys want to sponsor a fitness podcast, <laughs> it will be welcome. Feel free to do so. <laughs> um, this feels really weird. Yeah, a little bit. Because this is this is going to be the first of many shows, um, but it's also the ending of something. Uh, I am joined today with my business partner Lauren, former ex-wife. Yep. Do I say former ex-wife? Former ex-wife. Or do I just say ex-wife? <laughs> just ex-wife. Just ex-wife. Like that is ex-wife, the opposite, I think. Soon to be a former, part, former business partner. And, um, yeah, probably like my best friend for a very long time. Yeah, a lot of years. Um, <clears throat> we used to have a podcast together many years ago. <laughs> yeah, this is really weird for me to be on a podcast with you again. Mm. Like... Three years, maybe longer, four years since I've done one with you. I know. So, I just thought it'd be good to reflect on the last 10 years of business that we've had. Not a lot of people can make it that long. So, I just thought it'd be good to maybe take people back on the journey of what we've done over the last 10 years and just where exactly you came into the picture with all of it and, you know, maybe give people like an inside look behind the scenes. We've obviously just very recently sold the business. We've ran lots of businesses together in the in that time, not just gym ones. Dabbled in a few different things. We sure have. This is the only one that's kept standing. <laughs> this is the only one. <laughs> behind every success story, there is a lot of failed ones. <laughs> and, I th- and I think that's important to notice because I think a lot of people sometimes just think that one thing that you do will be successful and it's not always the case. I think it takes quite a few things to make one thing work. So, let's go back down memory lane. When did we first meet? When did we first meet? Um, Good question. Ten years ago. It was almost, isn't it? Yeah, like June. I remember it was June when I first started training with you. Wow, that's weird. I remember it was June because you're like, oh, like I do... um, Free PT for birthdays or something. And I was like, damn, I've only just had my birthday because my birthday's in May. That's so, so that's true. why I always remember because it was just after my birthday. There you go. Yeah. Um, you were actually one of my first ever clients. I'm not sure if you knew that at the time or not. I, I think tried to, you I tried were <laughs> very good at making tr- it seem like tr- you had a whole lot of other clients. I tried to make it look very established and like I was, I knew what I was doing. And Well, you pulled it off very well. I didn't know anything. <laughs> you absolutely pulled it off very well. You're very good at doing that. Uh, so we started training together. How long? Back how long? Um, at Gillis Plain. Yes. So you started as a personal training client. Yeah. Then I start. Then I found CrossFit, and uh, you yeah. actually, I found CrossFit, and I think I told you about it straight away. Yeah. So we started training um, PT in yeah about June, and by the end of the year, you had decided you wanted to create a CrossFit gym. Um, so the PT essentially stopped and the group fitness classes started. And you were in that, you were in the very first group fitness class. Sure was. 
at 21 Darley Road. Um, don't nobody, nobody go to that house because it is, <laughs> it is the residence of someone that we don't someone know. Someone else, yeah. <laughs> um, Ty was there. Yeah. Our longest standing member uh, of this gym. He was a member. He's been a member for 10 years. Yeah, wow. And a few others, your sister. And we, yeah, we, we started something. It's funny. We look back and we didn't know what we were doing. I don't think we really did. <laughs> well, well, like, whether, I don't think we ever thought CrossFit was really a thing. Like, you did. But, like, everyone else was like, I don't know what we're doing. Let's just go along with it. I know. And I'd spent <coughs> maybe years looking at videos of them. Like, years. Not even years. I'd heard about it in the past. But I spent quite a few months looking at videos online. And I don't know what, gra- I, don't know what I gravitated towards in hindsight. But I just knew that training with other people was more fun than training on my own. And I realized that coaching clients when you had you know i remember having you and your sister and you would both do a deadlift you would immediately pr because you would want to do as much as your sister right oh yeah yeah like my sister's you know older taller like stronger and yes i always tried to keep up and always tried to keep up the boys i mean i probably was stronger than I ever sort of needed to be as a woman because I wouldn't let anyone be me. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, you were you and your sister, I remember, for the first, like, year when I asked you both, what is something... It's funny, I talk about it being a gym. It was just a training group in my parents' garage <clears throat> for maybe the first two years. Do you reckon it was two years in my parents' garage? <coughs> um, well, I don't remember at what point we moved from Gillis Plains to Mowbray North, but the whole time would have been a couple of years I suppose. Yeah, I remember like when I asked both of you, what would you like to see from the gym? They were both like, we want more women here because it was just men and you guys for a long time. And when I say men, that's yeah. a bit of a stretch. Boys. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> young mean, we were all boys. pretty young but you boys were even younger. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I definitely, it was never like expected that uh, the boys could do anything more than Kelly or I could. Like, we would always do the same. Yeah, like I remember that. never going to beat me. I remember the arm wrestling and by golly, did I try so hard not to <laughs> let any of those boys <laughs> beat me in an arm wrestle. I remember that. We used, to, we used to do so many different fun things for training. Like, arm wrestling was one of it. We used to do <laughs> wrestling drills. We would do... So, not CrossFit, but fun. Yeah, yeah. And I think... I think that's like maybe one of those key metrics of success that I think sometimes gets neglected or it's one of those little golden nuggets. I think the key to it is just making it fun. And I think sometimes people in business forget that. Like, I think one of the yeah. reasons why we've ever been successful, like as, as, business, as business minded as we are, which I think a lot of what we have is we have that, like we're both really hungry for like... Like people, I'm not sure people know, but we're both really hungry for money. <laughs> like, and I think we, I think we do a really good job of like being really casual about that. But I think we're both the sort of people that like just we're just always like being like, how can we make some like an extra buck? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I do like money. It can help you um, that little bit extra in life. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I think we've always been really good at maybe disguising that, which is always like that's a huge thing in business. But I think also we are also very good at just enjoying, like, I guess showing people, like, something that we find fun and then being like, hey, like, this can be fun for you too. And if something's fun, people like to do it. 
Yeah, but it, and it's also like, well, this is fun. How can we create wealth from this fun? Yeah. So that's, you know, it's an element, but it's not always been a priority. No, and I think, I think that's where the line is. It's kind of like maybe some one of the keys is maybe finding things that you find fun that could be something that can provide you with wealth. But that's what changed it from a hobby to a business. Very true. Caring about the, about the wealth that it could create. Yeah. So we moved, well, I moved to the commercial gym. <coughs> and at this stage, we were both at a crucial time in our lives where we both uh, were coming out of our respective relationships. And then, yeah, I guess we uh, ended up being together. Yeah. So I think that it was two years. It was about two years that I knew for before we got together. Yep. And we were... I remember coaching, <laughs> coaching Monday nights so you could have day night with your ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I remember those. Yeah, that's right. I used to have a pretty bossy ex-girlfriend and she demanded date night on Monday nights. And I used to coach a Oh, that was so class. long ago. I can't remember. That was Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whack. <laughs> so I needed somebody to cover Mondays and Lauren would come to my parents' house and she would coach the Monday night class while I went to my girlfriend's house to do date night. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, I just wish I could be at the gym. <laughs> That's when you know you're in the wrong relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we ended up being in a relationship. And then you probably me- you probably saw me um, very recklessly run the, run the gym for the first. <laughs> I don't know if I really thought about it. A like, couple of years. I don't know if I thought too much about it. I think until I was involved and I realized, fuck, it's in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just always been really good at like... Talking the talk and just making things look like really good, like on the outside. Like looking more professional than <laughs> yeah. it probably was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <coughs> what I mean by that is uh, there was no direct seb- debit system. A hundred or so members would just randomly pay me into my... So that was definitely my like first thing that I did when we went into business together <coughs> was, okay, we need a payment platform. <laughs> I know, like I remember being 23... And on one particular day, having the hundred or so members that I had all pay me, because what, the membership was what, like $100, $120? Yeah. And I, I, remember. I remember like one day waking up and being like, I have $10,000 in my bank account. And then being like, sweet. And then I just went and spent lots of money because I <laughs> was just really young and didn't know any better at Hence the time. Hence why you needed me. Hence why I needed you. Always been the money person. So uh, after two years of somehow not sinking or maybe three, four years at this stage of not sinking the gym down. I was actually ready to throw the towel in. And uh, after some much uh, needed, I guess, counselling and therapy from you on why I shouldn't, um, yeah, you convinced me not to do it, not to quit, not to call it a day. Do you remember that? Um, I've been that person for you lots of times over the years. You have, you have. And I think this is maybe like another really big point to highlight because I think a lot of the time because I probably just seek attention more than you do, um, a lot more on social media people maybe know what I've done a lot more than maybe they think of what you've done. But yeah, like I wouldn't be where I am if it hadn't been for all, all the times you've convinced me not I to throw the towel in. I can guarantee your listeners that um, we would have sold up many years ago if I'd truly left it up to you. Yeah. <clears throat> so everyone who's ever been a member at the gym... Please know that I've actually wanted to throw the towel in a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. And, you know, this is something that doesn't get spoken about a lot, which is owning a gym is hard. It's not just hard. It wasn't just hard at a young age from a um, 
financial management point of view, it was just hard. Like, I remember being 22, 23 and having, like, just being given a responsibility that I don't think I was quite equipped to have. Like, I had to learn how to manage a hundred relationships in my life. And I used to find that really overwhelming, you know? Well, I think it grew really quickly. And, yeah, I think that that, you know, not having had business experience at a young age and then it growing so quickly as well would have been very overwhelming. And I think that that's, you know, when we went into business together is probably what helped um, manage it all a little bit easier was having each other to bounce off of and um, you manage this and I manage this and definitely sort of helped helped you uh, ease back into it. 100% because I think that I needed that person to just go and complain and bitch to about <laughs> Because at the time, I didn't feel like I could do that with uh, my members because I I'd never thought that was professional. And I just felt like I was bottling things up quite a lot. Mm. How did you handle all my meltdowns? Um, I, I mean, I've always wondered that. How have you handled my meltdowns over the years? Well, I'm the only coach that has ever been able to maintain coaching the kids' class. So, you know, this is it similar. <laughs> Very true, very true. Um, my <laughs> patience and my tolerance, <laughs> that my calming nature. <laughs> no, I just mean there's um, just, you just do it. You just let it not affect you. You just wait for the storm to come. Um, yeah, I have a lot of patience and tolerance, I think. Um and that's probably how I dealt with you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I think just knowing you, I know, you. okay, you're having a moment. That moment will ease and then you'll be okay. And you won't want to throw the towel in. Well, I thank you a lot. And I th I'm sure lots of people thank you for uh, knowing how to navigate my mood swings. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and continue talking, continue talking about the last 10 years in business. Back. So we were just talking about that moment in business where you came on and you decided to, I guess, buy into the business. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, I'm not sure if people 100% know this, but you kind of essentially bought into the business. Yeah, so um, you had already established the, the gym, obviously. Um, you had all the members and so much equipment already because you'd already been in pre-existing business. But yes, I essentially bought into the business. We um, got a new facility when I uh, went into partnership with you. Um, we got a bunch of new equipment, painted the place all pretty, and away we went. So my background um, is in finance. I'm admin person full-time by day, and so I guess what I brought to the table was just slightly um, better, you know, management to the building and the finances and not the client relationships, that's always been sort of more your forte, but management um, when it comes to bookkeeping and stuff like that. So that's where I think that we balanced each other out a bit. You're a bit more hands-on members marketing and I've always been the make sure we've got money to pay the next bill person other than you just seeing it in your account and going, wowee, what can I spend this on? Yeah. <coughs> uh, and I think that was, that was a huge, uh, huge shift in the business because it made it a lot more professional. And also, it allowed us to start doing some pretty cool things. Like, obviously, we got to this location that we're in now. I think at the time now, this the, yeah, the gym would have been four years into it. Four years, I think. Yeah, probably four years into it. About that. 
Um, and yeah, we obviously invested into in making it look a certain way. We took the time to like brand it. So we decided what our brand colors would be. Would be. Um, and we had a space where we could do lots of cool things and run classes how we wanted to. But what happened as soon as we opened <laughs> up? So, um, you know, we take the lease out on this building that looks big and great and perfect and are told, well, there's actually a wall up going in the middle, so you've only got half of it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's going to be great. Fantastic. First workout in, we're using barbells and we're like, but it's not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately realising um, the building's not big enough for us. But, you know, we make do with what we have for a couple of years. We do. And, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> I think a, a big lesson that I've learned in business is that you always want what you don't have. And when you don't have it <laughs> or when you get something new, you sometimes want what you used to have. And it's funny because I look back, I mean, we have, a hu we have a huge gym now, like it eventually grew to be a huge gym space-wise. And to be heaps honest, it never needed to be as big as it became. Like we've probably never used a quarter of the section that we can use in the gym, partly because it's not super useful because of the flooring. But secondly, because <coughs> to be heaps honest, like when things, something's too big, it, it loses a lot of like that feel that it used to have. And when it, when it was a smaller gym, it was actually quite easier to, to have it have a certain feel for community. Did you find that? Yeah. I mean, with the smaller space and everyone kind of together, yeah, it was definitely different. It's probably easier to coach, keep an eye on everyone. <laughs> um, when everyone's just right there in front of you, now, you know, they're a bit more spread out. But, um, yeah, I guess when you run next to each other a little bit more, they'd talk a bit more, build that community a bit more. But we still had to factor in use of equipment and not being able to do certain things very well together without running into the next person. I know. And f for a long time here, you had to be a bit of a, um, uh, a bit of a ninja to be able to do running workouts and, you know, people dodging each other with power cleans and overhead squats. And It was good though. It's a good space. We had a it's good layout, good setup. Um, but I don't know how long it took till we... So we were lucky that with that wall that went up in the middle of the warehouse, we are lucky that we had the option to take on extra space. We did. And that we did. Once we became too full in most of our classes and needed the extra space, we took over the back area first. Yeah. So um, we negotiated into our lease, I think, when we renewed it. We'll renew, but we need you to open up this extra 150 square metres out the back for us to, to use. So... Um, and this is the thing, like, we've just kept growing organically and increased members and increased costs at the same time. So we got really lucky that, you know, you started at home, built up the membership base and then got one facility. As you built that up, we were able to get somewhere else that cost a bit more, but then we were able to get more members in and then have more space at the warehouse. So you don't go from, like, zero to 100, like, at the click of a finger. We're sort of able to build up to that, which I think was really lucky position to have been in. Yeah, and I think the first four years, the business existed without any extra funding. And then we did get some extra funding when you bought into the gym. But other than that, like... Just grew organically. Yeah. 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 What... <coughs> we'll go, actually, we'll go to listener questions uh, in a little bit. Now, from there, eventually that grew too big and then we were able to take some extra space again. Yeah, I reckon that must have been the third time around with lease renewal, maybe. We said, yeah, we'll, we'll stay, but the wall needs to come down. We need that extra space. So we've gone from starting off with 150 square metres-ish 
um, to 300, now to 450, and that's where we're at today. So we were lucky enough for the landlord to be like, yep, I'll clear out the stuff I've got in storage and you can have the whole space. And that was great. I mean, it was we had a lot of fun um, bashing down that wall. We did. Um, and taking that wall apart, it was just made of wood. So we took the wood apart, not like We've, ta- we've taken a few walls down. We have taken a few walls down. <laughs> we took a wall down at a different facility. Oh, wasn't that terrible that, in that, the that, end? That, that was, what wall was that? That was, a, that was like a warehouse into office space. Yeah, it was probably an old warehouse that had been fitted out to be office space. But gee, did we tear it apart. Okay, here, here is a huge thing that people don't actually know about the transition. So... We transition, you invest all this money into the gym, and then what's the first problem that we face? Um, well, we had to pay a lot of money to get the um, old place back to looking like an office. How much money do you think we paid? Oh, I mean, 20 grand, I suppose. Yep, so here is like a huge business mistake that we made, and it cost that us... We, that we made? That, okay, no. here is a huge business mistake that I <laughs> made. <laughs> Um, and it cost $20,000. It's a $20,000 business mistake. Like, and not just like, not like a hypothetical, like, this is, you know, I spent $20,000, but like $100 a month. No, like, this was like a $20,000, like, you need to pay this. So, this is Roll signing this lease that says, you know, there's a make good. So, if you ruin anything, you've got to fix it. And at this point, I've got nothing to do with the lease. I wasn't in business with him then. And... Um, so it's time to time to leave, and we've torn all these walls down. There's no longer offices there. This place is just not what it used to be. And so they've come back and said, "All right, well now everything's going to go up, go back up." So we find someone to do it for us, and then the landlord's not happy with the job. So then we've got to pay for someone else to do it, and it was just one thing after another trying to get out of that place was. Terrible, chewed up oh, most wow. of the investment. I forgot that we tore down all those extra walls at the back of the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like okay, and here's the thing. Here's the reason why it costs so much. I had a friend who was a builder who actually built all the walls up for us. And after we built everything and made good with it, the owner of the place wasn't happy, wasn't happy with it. And he decided to just have it all redone again. And probably a bit young and naive, I reckon we just rolled with it. We did. We probably could have argued the point but I just I don't think we tried no I don't think we tried I think we were scared yeah so you know moving into the the next place it was a bit like okay like we need to make sure where we can do these changes and if we do these changes we can afford to read put them back if we are required to so that was definitely something we got a bit smarter on the next time around 100 percent from there, eventually, the gym started growing and we were able to get some extra staff. Do you remember how that came about? Like how the extra staff? No. Who was our first coach? Jamie? Well, actually, Wait. you were the first coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then actually we had, I mean, I hired lots of, hired, I paid people like random, like some cash here and there to take over morning classes when I was too tired for a long time. We had Cameron, he was a coach for a long time. Had Ryan, mm-hmm. had Cheryl Lee, Cat, mm-hmm. Cat. I mean, no, not but not before, before, like before you were involved in the gym, because they were all coaches at the old facility. Do you remember that? Oh, kind of. Yeah. 
they all took like a Friday and they kind of alternated between each other when they would take the Friday. But yeah, so then we <coughs> moved into here and then eventually, like I always do, I got, like I just, I can't do something for like forever. I can't do the same thing over and over again. And I've, I've been really burnt out of, of coaching group classes for a very, very, very long time. I'm not sure that maybe our current members understand this, but I've been burnt out of it probably since 2016, I think. Yeah, I think you really reduced significantly the amount of classes you taught and you focused far more on personal training. Yeah, and I just have always been able to find that I can do personal training, that one-on-one -on -one interaction a lot better and it maybe just drains me a little bit less than that group interaction. How have you found, like, have, did you ever find that personal training was easier to do? Did you pr do you prefer doing classes? Um, I don't have a preference. I prefer, actually, you know what? I prefer classes. You prefer classes? Um, I Look, I love my PT clients, but you just can't take on the problems of too many of them. Um, you are like a therapist to them. And I think that is really draining to have too many PT clients that you need to be you know, a, a real support person to both inside the gym and outside of the gym. I think I've found it difficult to maintain um, timetables and stuff like that. I've always worked full-time whilst being at the gym. So, yeah, for me, I think it was just easier to do group classes and get to chat with everyone and and really coach. Really coach more than, yeah, than you do with personal training perhaps. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I... I I've definitely always just preferred the one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not sure why. I just, I find it hard to coach when it's a really big group of people because I, <coughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I've just not enjoyed that model for a long time. But anyway, so we decided to start hiring other people uh, and we decided to create an internship program. Yeah. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. So I'm not sure where I came up with this idea, but I'm sure I saw it on some podcast, but... I just got all the coaches who eventually one day became coaches to follow me for a long time. And they they all did. And just to learn from you. Yeah. And this is unpaid. I'm not even sure there was a guaranteed like job at the end of any and at the end of any of these things. I just said I'm doing an internship. A whole bunch of them signed up. And yeah, I think most of them eventually stayed on. Claire was one of the coaches. Yeah. Kat was one of the coaches. Um, who else? Helen was one of the coaches. Alan Ned, and obviously we've had Jamie, who's been helping at the gym for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah, six, seven. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, well, that was a good way to do it. I mean, as members, they would have learnt from you to a degree. But, yeah, following around, watch what you do and learning from you. And in a way, kind of moulding them to be the type of coach that suits your gym. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I think we did really smart with all those coaches was... They were all members, like we all knew them. Mm -hmm. Like it really wasn't like a conversation of like, is this person the right fit? Because I mean, for a long time, like, I don't know, like we, we used to have these conversations where, I mean, to be hips honest, as uh, things changed in the business, as, as our costs grew higher and our expenses grew higher with staff, like we weren't able to do this for a long time. But I mean, for a long time, and I mean, I think we both really just were of the idea if we just want cool people in the gym. And I don't mean cool being like hip. I mean cool being people that we like. Yeah, I mean we've always put, I guess, you know, personality um, over a lot of other things before. There need to be people that 
you like and get along with everyone else. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, and I think for a long time, all every member we had was people that we... And I think we've been, pr we've been pretty lucky. I think with the, the pure exception of, like, very few people, like, everyone who's been a member throughout the years have been people that I've, I've really liked. We've, we've both really liked. We've been really close friends with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <coughs> so, uh, eventually, we got to the stage where neither one of us was coaching any classes or not? Um, I mean, we would have been teaching a few. I think we just got to the point where we were like, okay, well, the business can kind of take care of itself. It's earning, you know, good income and we can help provide work to these other people that need it. Um, and we were quite happy to maybe have some PTs and work on the business more so than working in the business. So, you know, having coaches do those classes and creating those um, relationships with the members helped take a bit off of, well, particularly your play. I mean, the amount of sheer number of members that we had that you needed to try to message constantly to keep accountable. Well, now some of our other coaches were helping take on a little bit of that role because that developed, you know, uh, some bonds with a lot of members. So I think that's been really important and really helpful to us over the years so that it wasn't just us and, you know, completely draining. Yeah. And I think it was probably like at the end of 2017 when we, and I think I finally completely stepped out of coaching classes. I think you were still coaching kids. And then we had an opportunity to buy a second gym. Yes. And we will continue that part of the podcast after the break. <laughs> and we are back. So, um, Christmas time 2018. I reckon it was. You found out about this opportunity coming up. You'd talked for a little while about wanting to find another gym, about having a second facility. I personally didn't really think it was necessary. It was more sort of your dream to take on a second gym. Um, and then, yeah, I reckon it was a around November, December, this opportunity came up and we moved very quickly on it. And by January... Um, we'd bought it. I know. That was that was very fast. And I really thank you for going along that journey and um, being so agreeable. And, and not just agreeable, but also, like, I feel like I've had so many of these ideas along the years and, like, a lot of these ideas you've had to do a lot of the work for. Um, you know, like, li liaising with lawyers and having agreements. Yeah, the back-end stuff. Yeah, like yeah. All, the, all the stuff <laughs> yeah, that okay, I... Yeah, okay, so Raul's like, I've got this idea and I'll have to be, okay, well, how am I going to make all of this happen? Because, yes, I do all the back-end stuff. Yeah, and I think that's really important to, to mention because a lot of these things that I've done, I don't think I would have been able to do at all. I mean, I know I, I wouldn't be able to do without you at all and uh, sometimes, like, just having an idea isn't enough. Like, you either need... You need to know, have the know-how or you need to have someone, like in your team that can help you do a lot of those sort of things, which a lot of the time isn't the thing that gets very spoken about. Yeah. Um, I know that, Raul, you tend to be the face of the operation, but without what I have to do <laughs> on the back end, yeah, a lot of things probably wouldn't happen quite so seamlessly. I agree. <laughs> so <coughs> from there, we decide to take on this facility and all of a sudden we are running over 70 classes a week across two gyms. So at that point, we are extremely grateful to have the number of staff that we do because now they're stretched between Holden Hill and Marston. And for a little bit there, I 
didn't coach any classes, you still did some? Yeah, well, I don't know that I was doing much at Holden Hill. I was going to Marlston a few times a week. Yeah, twice a week? Yeah, oh, I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, still, still not a lot, though. Like, I, I think still I think I was doing the kids' class at Holden Hill, but, I mean, I haven't been doing many adults' classes at Holden Hill for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I was doing a bit more at the second facility. Um all the while still with my full-time job and the other business I was running. I know. And this and and this comes into the other thing. Like, you've done a lot more and people. I'm not sure everybody fully understands everything you've had on your plate this entire time. Yeah, I guess I would... Um, so, let, let's explain to people, like... So, I'm really... I find it really hard to empathise with people when they tell me their goals and then they show me how little they work for them. And one of the reasons why I have very, like, sometimes I struggle to give people empathy with those things is because, like, you and I have both been people who would get up at 5 or 6 a.m. and literally not get home till 8 or 9 p.m. every mm -hmm. day of the week. Mm -hmm. And we did that for so many years. Like, so I'm not, like, yeah. year after year after year after year. Like, and I don't, like, after you do that for so long, like, you just realise, it's like, oh, like, success just takes hard work. Like, Well, then it seems totally normal. And then you look at the average person who just works during the day and then goes home and it's hard to fathom doing that. It I is so completely normal. But we've got to the point where it's normal for us to do 12-hour days every day. Like, what's having a life? <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it was because we really enjoyed what we did and all of our friends were here and we had each other. And we had each other. That was probably the significant difference. <laughs> but... That all changed. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the, maybe the sadder part of the story, uh, we bought 292, the other gym, when it was failing. He was not doing very well. The, the old owner was just run down. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, you know, we were lucky enough to have coaches to help with our classes. He did most of it on his own. He had a family life that was suffering. Yeah, and this is no, no nothing bad on him, but, you know, like, I think the gym did a profit of. Well, I don't know, but I just think that like he he wouldn't have been able to afford to pay staff in the end because, yeah, he wasn't profiting enough from it. And, you know, I've always had faith in your ability and you've always thought that you could turn that around. So we went into it knowing that it's struggling a little bit, but we can turn it around. And that we did. How long did it take us to turn it around? Not long. Like three months? Yeah, not, not long at all. And that was pretty incredible. And I remember having that moment, like, in my head, I had a light bulb moment of, like, we could, do we could buy so many more gyms. Because <laughs> we realised, like, there's a formula. Like, because we had we'd taken, like, seven years to realise how to get new members in, how to sign them up, how to do that, like, in volume, how much money you actually needed to spend in ads and all that sort of stuff. And once, yeah. you, once you have the idea of, like, oh, this is what it costs, like, or oh, this is what it takes, or oh, this is the effort you need, then you can do it. And then we did it and it was like this big light bulb moment. And then I was like, oh, we need to find like another CrossFit gym to buy now and keep expanding the empire. But. But. But the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, what, so what, what, what did you find out? I'll let, it, I'll let you say. Then you can be as truthful as you like, obviously. Um, okay, so we... Start, we opened the business. We took over the business in January and... Um, by April, our marriage had fallen apart. 
What did you find out exactly when our marriage fell apart? I found out that Raul had been unfaithful. And I guess um, that took its toll on not just our personal life, but our professional life too. It did. And it probably just, it just probably changed everything. Because I don't think people understood that so much of what made this place really great or like our relationship to the business was like us. Like it was, you know, it's always been our baby. And we, you know, we were here even when we didn't have to be. So, and we were here and if we were here together, it didn't matter because we had fun here and we always wanted to be here. But when life changed for us, that made being here together all day, every day, you know, not quite as desirable as it once was. I know because for a long time, like our routine, like, like our routine would be, I would come and coach morning classes, then I would go home, I would pick you up, I would take you to work, so we'd have our, you know, coffee together, time in the morning, you'd come here at 5pm after work, we would train together, I would coach, you would run your business from upstairs, like you'd have like your dress hiring business, and then maybe we'd, you know, we'd clean up and then we'd go home and keep working on the business or yeah or do some other things yeah i mean business didn't really stop for us now <clears throat> it's been three and a half years since our relationship finished mm -hmm. what are some reflections that you've had about the relationship i guess now that it's been over quite a while um and now that maybe you just are not in a relationship with someone where it is all business and um, it, you know, maybe don't have that sort of like hustle lifestyle that we had together. Um, well, look, it's totally different, isn't it? Like the only arguments you and I ever had were over business. Take the element of that away. What's there left to argue about? Really nothing. So, yeah, it's substantially different. Um, being in a relationship with someone you're in business with to being in a relationship with someone you don't have a business with, very, very different. So we would you know, you and I would bring our work home together all day, every day, and then argue the point over it. Like, um, like I said, it was the only thing we argued about, but gee, it took a toll. It did. It definitely did. What are things that you think? What are some things that you think you would have done differently? Like, um, would you, would you, would you, would you do that all I would have, uh, yeah, well, yeah. that I would have done differently? Um, what kept a better eye on you? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't mean about that. I just mean about the relationship that we had about in business. Oh, okay. Yeah, we needed to go home and switch off from the business. Absolutely. But the the problem with that was the only time we got to talk about it was after hours. I would work full time, and then by the time we saw each other, you know, I'd be like, "Oh, I haven't seen this person in ages. What's happening with their membership? We've got to look at the membership, or we've got to do this. We've got to do that." And I really struggled to be like, you know what? We don't need to talk about this tonight. You could switch off better than me, for sure. But, um, yeah, that's something I, you know, wish that we were able to, um, you know, once we walked out of the gym and went home, had our personal life as our personal life. So that, you know, would have been nice to change. I guess um, we were stretched too thin, I think, when we had the second gym as well. We didn't see each other very much. I remember one of the members um, saying to me, so when do you spend time together? And I was like, um, nine o'clock at night? <laughs> like, on the weekends? Like, And I, and I think 
because I did do a lot of things wrong that ultimately, I mean, are definitely the reason why we ended up not being a relationship, but um, without completely uh, dismissing those things and saying everything is because of this other thing, like, it's sometimes those little questions that people ask you where you give, where you realize you don't have good answers to give that maybe sometimes tell you a lot. And I think that's maybe like a good, valuable lesson for life. Like uh, sometimes those little questions where you realize, I don't have an answer for this. Other sort of questions that I think sometimes we need to give a lot of um, a lot of importance to. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you think you would have done differently? I think there were several stages in the business. Look, I think I've taken a lot of time to to really like do some soul searching after everything that happened. And to anyone listening who doesn't know what happened, like I had multiple affairs and I, I cheated on you a lot and I, you know, I had to really search like, why did I do that? Because at the same time, like I've always, like I had a lot of love for you. I have a lot of love for you. And there were never, th there were not things that I did because I wanted to harm you or um, wanted to do against you in any sort of way. And I, and I found it really hard to fully understand why I did a lot of those things. Um, but I think, Ultimately, I think I was just trying to search for, not happiness, but I think I was just constantly in search of something. And I think for myself, one of the things that I should have done was just maybe learn to appreciate a lot of what I had. And I don't think I, I took enough of those moments to... Yeah, I think that you thought that you needed that second gym and that was really important to you and that was going to fill some sort of hole and tick some sort of box. And then we realised that actually we didn't really need that second gym. And that our efforts could have just been put into our primary gym. And this is, I guess, and this is the other thing, like, it took me, for years you would tell me, like, you make really good money. And I would be like, no, I don't. Because I wanted to be a millionaire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then it wasn't until, like... I'd always have to say to you, like, no gym owner earns full-time wages off of owning the gym. It was just so, so, so rare. You, if you want to earn full-time wage from the gym, like fuck, you just got to be doing so, so, so well. And it just was really rare to have met someone who could pay themselves a full-time wage, pay their staff a wage, their business partner gets a wage. We're all making money. The business is getting equipment. The business is going well. But, yeah, you never thought it was enough. I know. And that, that's what I mean. Like, And I remember getting to that stage where it was like, now I can look back and be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I was probably making like 85K a year not working very much and... No, working a few, couple of hours a day. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And just <laughs> being like, no... And having your car and your phone and your everything paid for. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think it's just good to, to have people hear that because these are the things where you might start... It's one of those things, right? So I heard today a podcast about some parents and the dad was trying to say like, you know, I, I he's um, Mar Marcus Philly. Do you remember him, the CrossFit athlete? He was saying like... You know, I've realized that I'm really ambitious and he wants to accomplish all these things and he, like, wants to provide for his kids. But he realized one day that his kids are not going to remember the nice house that they live in. They're going to remember his dad spending, their dad spending time with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a pretty similar reflection in a lot of these things. Like, when I look back at the things that actually make me happy about the memories that we've had about the gym, it's never the memories of, like, the fact that we could travel. You know, it's it's never, like, the joys of like what we accomplished or how much money we made or all those sort of things. It's always like the fact that we used to train with our friends at 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. 
it's like the fact that we got to go to people's weddings and birthdays and it's those connections that actually are the things that you'll your lowest treasure. And like, I know the both of us have been looking at photos the last couple of months and where it's like, you know, that feeling of like when we both would get really excited about wanting to launch something, like that feeling's actually priceless. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> a little bit emotional talking about it. We're going to take a small break and then we're going to continue for the last part. Where we, where I find out Rob's cheated on me, we break up. We break up and we have to keep running this business together. What was that like? <laughs> it was hard. I mean, it was definitely hard. Um, I, oh, I was so torn between like wanting to be strong and not show anyone that it was problematic so that it didn't affect business. But at the same time, you know, I was extremely hateful towards you and anyone else that was involved. Um, I cheated on Lauren with a few members, so I think she's trying to be very diplomatic about that. And there was obviously other members and family and lots of people that knew, and so I was in a really difficult place where I wanted to be sort of bigger than the whole situation and get on with it and still be able to keep this business going. But, yeah, fuck, it was hard. Like, it was hard having to come in and be surrounded by it. Um, You know, the place that was once you know, such a happy place ended up this terrible place that, you know, ruined our marriage to a degree. So, yeah, it was hard, but I don't know, I clearly stuck it out three and a half years later. <laughs> uh, how do you think you were able to stick it out? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just incredibly stubborn. Don't let anything bother me too much. I don't know. I'm not very good at showing emotion. I suppose I always put on a pretty strong exterior, I think, most of the time. Um, And I think that people just thought that I was so okay because I don't show that I'm not okay. But, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, I don't know. Like, despite what you'd done... It was impossible still to hate you. You had been my best friend for so long. Um, I don't know. You were still you. And I still cared about you despite what you'd done. It wasn't impossible to be around you. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really bizarre thing. It might be hard for people to understand who, you know, if they've been in a similar situation that could know how that feels it's probably hard for them to understand I don't even know if I understand it but yeah I don't know I I did it you did and you did it for a long time and And, um you know at the same time it left me essentially homeless but you know let's not go into those details (laughs) look mate we both ended (laughs) up homeless during that time well yeah I think I've got like I just was really lucky with the house sitting stuff so Look, I didn't have a home either. I got kicked out of my parents' house several times during that time. Well, yeah. So, my house was being knocked over and rebuilt and we were living with Raul's parents at the time. And then, you know, I vacated there and had to figure it out until my house was built. But, you know, that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yeah, we got on with it. And here I we mean, are. We, we can talk about those, like... Oh, no one wants to hear I mean, that much of a sub story. You've just, you've just shared it. Um, so, 
let's just keep progressing. <laughs> okay. So obviously we had another gym and it became really hard to give any of the gym's attention. I I was I just wasn't okay after um the breakup of our marriage. Um I yeah, I mean I I just wasn't alright. I tried to commit suicide a few times and I just wasn't in a very good emotionally healthy spot. I tried to I mean I did go and get lots of therapy and, and was able to come through a lot of that, but yeah, I it took it took me years to be, to be in a good place. But with that came the cost of just both of the gyms not doing very well. Yeah, I think um, you didn't want to be here because of what you're going through. I didn't necessarily want to be here because my resentful, resentness, like, I guess I resented the place for what had happened um, and being the, re- you know, the result that happened from here. Yeah, so it was really hard for us to put our everything into it still once that had happened. So, yeah, I think that... Um, the success of the place started a downturn around then. And it became really hard to have two gyms. Uh, then on top of that, COVID came. And it hit us probably in like a, not a very good spot in our, um, in our run of having two gyms. And uh, yeah, we, we came to the decision, obviously due to COVID, to close up one of them. Yeah, well, um, we were forced to close. I think the gym closures were 10 weeks. We'll close for 10 weeks without the idea of what was going to happen next, when we were going to be able to open and will we be able to open us okay in the same capacity. No one knew what the future was going to hold. Um, our lease was coming to an end and we made the tough decision not to or to, to close 292 and not reopen once gyms were able to be open. And, yeah, that, that was tough. Like I remember personally just feeling that that was a bit of a, like a failure and I definitely... We certainly expected it to last a bit longer than, what, 18 months or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that definitely that definitely hit hard emotionally, I think, to just know that that didn't quite go the way that we wanted it to. But I think it's an important thing in, in business and, and in being open and honest about these sort of things. Like, not everything that you venture into will quite work the way that you want it to. Sometimes a global pandemic just makes those things a little bit harder. Yes, so we, we close 292, we bring all the equipment um, over to Holden Hill and, you know, gratefully some of the members from there followed but it was about a half an hour distance apart, you know, there wasn't a great expectation that people would be able to, to follow us back over here but, you know, a small few did which was really nice. Um, so then all of our efforts went back into Holden Hill again. And we rebranded. We did rebrand and, you know, at this point this is... What did I say? Like, I don't know, almost 18 months after we'd split up and we were fine. We were, you and I have still been able to get along just fine. And I think that's probably something that people might have been worried about. Um, members could have been worried about that. But, you know, we've always been fine. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we've always been fine enough to to run the business. I just don't think we've been... I think the struggle that I've had is I... I think if this was a garden, I think probably three and a half years ago, I probably stopped really wanting to plant more seeds in it. So I think we've been fine to keep the garden that we've had, but I have always found it hard to want to pour too much more of my energy into this, um, probably past that point, just because there's lots of mixed emotions around it. 
Yeah, I think um, what people probably haven't put much thought into is, you know, we just then had completely separate lives. So we went from being all about the gym together to now leading separate lives and no longer, you know, being able to prioritise the gym like we once did. And, and yeah, and that's, and that's hard because it's hard to maintain a lot of those relationships um, when you have other relationships to maintain now. Um, it's hard to, um, you know, we both started getting hobbies outside of the gym. Like back in the day, CrossFit was our main hobby and then, you know, we both pursued other things. Um, and, yeah, it just became... I think we just stopped being here a bit less. And eventually, um, maybe like almost 12 months ago now, I, I think I personally just finally got to my, the end of how much I wanted to be able to give to this place and I decided to, to throw in the towel for the first time, like properly. Yeah, I think that you just finally decided you needed something more than the four walls of this gym. So you um, started working elsewhere full time. I did, and then that's obviously proved really challenging. Um, and then, because I just really struggled to do the same thing all the time, I decided to start an online coaching business. And then that's taken off. And as that started getting a little bit bigger and also some study that I do outside of that, um, it just, it all became really hard for me to manage. Yeah, I think I also had wanted to wind down on how much I was doing. Um, you know, I sold my my other business that I had, the dress high business, November last year, and that was also a bit of a weight off the shoulders just to not be working 12 hours a day every day anymore and just, yeah, like slowing down. I think I needed that too, whereas you kind of <laughs> stepped it up. You did the opposite. And then you obviously recently got some very nice news. Yes. So um, I am pregnant and so... Um, I, again, have wanted to slow down things a little bit more for myself, knowing, you know, I need to wind down in a few months. I wouldn't have been able to be here and helping in the same capacity. I wouldn't be able to coach and, you know, would be limited time behind the computer working on the business. So I knew that, you know, my time um, was going to need to be focused somewhere else. My priorities were certainly changing. So, you know, having a baby is going to, yeah, take up a lot of my time. So I, I knew that I'd really struggle with what I could still do for the gym. Yeah, for, you know, at least a few months. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess that eventually leads us to the point where we find some suitable buyers. Who yeah, I guess we had been... We knew we wanted to sell the gym. We'd been trying to advertise it, but not very hard. Um We'd sort of had it up for sale, but not working that hard at it because still in a little bit of two minds, I think, about whether or not we really wanted to do it. Um, but, you know, time went on a little bit more. And and, you know, and, al and also some other things that people maybe not, don't understand is like we, I mean, only very recently actually actually got divorced. So, you know, I think quite a few different things finalising um, just probably felt right for it to be the yeah, end I of this chapter. Yeah, I think that part of getting on with our own personal lives meant that the, the gym needed to, you know, wind up for us. And I think, you know, obviously these last few weeks that people have found out that the gym is closing, uh, you know, a lot of people have lots of mixed emotions about that and 
it's obviously um, a space that they they've really enjoyed and, and will continue on. And I don't, I'm not sure 100% people fully understand that like the gym will still be here. Like most of the members will still be here. Um, but I just really want people to understand that like um, like our time with it really had come to an end. And, I, and our time with it had come to an end a long time ago. Yeah. I, ju I just think that we, I mean, I hope that I can say we, we're just really good at putting on a face. But really like we have had the break away from this place quite a while ago. And I think that deep down, uh, most of the members will be able to acknowledge that. They'll realise that they would have noticed our heart not be in it to the same degree it was, you know, a few years ago, you know, before, you know, so much changed. But, yeah, I think that a lot of people can acknowledge now that they, they would have noticed um, us sort of pulling away a little bit. And I think for us, acknowledging in ourselves that we're not putting in what we once were and we're wanting to turn that around. So for us, we wanted to keep the gym alive, but we just didn't think we could be the ones to do it anymore. You know, I've, I've, tried, to th I've tried to think about the right analogy. And I'm only going to give this analogy because <laughs> I've been, I feel like I've been in this relationship in the past and I'm going to try and reference, not like literally, but like this style of relationship. But it, I guess the gym in itself, not the people in it, not the members, but the gym, like our relationship to the gym, uh, it's kind of like you're dating someone and it just sort of felt like dating someone that you just didn't want to date anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like you're just sticking it out, you're doing the you're thing. And you're sticking it out for the kids. You're sticking it out for the kids. Yeah, yeah. You're staying together for the kids. Yeah. Um, but you just know deep down, you're like, I don't love this person anymore. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do the date night thing. And you realise... Um, maybe I'm just staying for the wrong reason. And eventually, I think we both realised that sticking for the kids, being the members, uh, isn't the right thing because we're, we're not putting in the effort that they deserve what they need. Yeah. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't... And I think people really struggle with that. Like, I still love being a coach. Like, but I just... I can't be a hundred people's coaches like in the way that I used to be. And I can't... Uh, it's been a really long time. Like, you know, it's just been such a long time that, yes... The, the passion for the coaching, like, has always been there, but it's worn thin. Yeah. Those 4.50 a.m. starts eventually wear on you. Mm. Um, what, what's one thing that going through everything that we've been through that's been challenging about our relationship, what has that taught you about love that you don't think you would have learned until you've been through something like we've been through? Oh, gee, I don't know. You go first. That's, that was heavy. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess to me, uh, and I, I like to share this, and as, as you know, I have been writing a book for the last three and a half years about relationships just because I, I really fucked up and I wanted to find out why I did that. Um, I think to me it just taught me what love truly is. So love isn't... Like, it's not really love when you can do it when it's easy. Like... I think real love, and not just romantic one, but like like true love, really oversees all of those things, and it's 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 realizing that you care about someone when they don't give you what you want, or when you um, when they lo no longer just like they can't make you happy anymore, and you still realize like I still really care and value this person, I still want what's best for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that has been. 
a bit of an adjustment, you know, for you and I. We've been able to maintain this great friendship, not just a business relationship, but a friendship as well. That's, you know, been really, really valuable the whole time. And, like, you can't just, you know, just because didn't work out one way, it doesn't mean it can't work out another way. But, yeah, I think it's just valuing, working out what's important to you, learning how to prioritise. I've definitely learned that lesson. Thank you to everyone who's listened to today's podcast. Um, and thank you to everyone who's ever been a member at our gym, who's ever given us a chance to coach them, who's ever been a part of our crew. We've gone through so many crews <laughs> in, the, in the 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I just, I really hope people know that, um, yeah, if it hadn't been for this woman in front of me, um, I know that I couldn't have done it. Um, I think the biggest thing that uh, Lauren has given me over the years is just, like, I think something that you gave me that's priceless is you, you, I've always believed in myself, but I think you believed in me in such a wouldn't even blink an eye kind of way. Yeah, like, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't really hesitate. You know, I might, I might raise an eyebrow at some of your ideas, but, yep, if it's what you want to do, we make it happen because I have every faith that, you know, you're going to give it your all and you've made the right decision and you feel so passionately about things, it's easy to believe you, you know? Yeah, and I think, I think it's really important because I think people need people like that in their lives because just like as coaches, we give people belief in themselves when they're trying to do a movement and they haven't been able to, I think that's a lot of what you gave me. So whether you know it or not, you you were my coach in a lot of these sort of things. So I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, like I said, you you really talk a good talk. You're very, like, passionate. You're goal-driven and, yeah, it's hard to say no to that. So, yeah, I always want to kind of lift that up. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in today for the first RXD show episode. Uh, this has been Lauren Melville. Yes. Uh, serial entrepreneur. Yeah, well, I have definitely taken on lots of different things over the years. I always thought that you were the one that led me to business. And then I remembered, well, no, I was waxing and tinting before that. I was selling Tupperware before that. It wasn't just necessarily you that brought me into business. So, yeah, serial entrepreneur. Yeah, maybe. And, um, yeah, who knows what the future holds for both of us. But hope I wish both of us lots of success. Yes, thank you. All right. If you were tuning in today, thank you for watching today's show. Uh, make sure to tune in to the next one. And this is the end of a chapter and the start of a new one. And if you've made it this far, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.